All right. Welcome back to the Badass Lifter podcast. I have a guest today. I'm here with Lisa Schrader. Lisa is a non-diet dietitian, weight-neutral personal trainer, and founder of Thoughtfully Fueled. Lisa uses an intuitive eating framework to help active women understand what works best for their body, all while improving their relationship with food and movement. After years of working in the fitness industry and feeling pressure to look the part, Lisa now lives a fully fueled life free of macros, meal plans, and weigh-ins, and teaches others how to do the same. Lisa, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. We met originally in Clubhouse, I want to say. Yeah. I think that was way back in the day. I'm no longer on that app for anyone who was listening. I'm not like, uh, that was like, it was like a cool, I bet some like cool people like yourself, it just ended up being um, a lot of time. And I think a lot, a lot of time. And also I think it was, it was great like during lockdowns, but now that we can actually like see people in real time, I think it's like, now I'm over this and now I'm not going to go on this app anymore. So, but it's still nice to meet you regardless. Um, and you're one of the few, like, I want to say like weight neutral people that I know, um, which like, there's honestly just like still not a lot of us, especially in the training world. Um, why did you go this route? I think that's always a curious question because I feel like we all get here through like different means. Yeah. Well, I always say I have not always been a weight neutral personal trainer. This is something that I've kind of grown into. Um, and really it's from half my own experience and then half my client's experience. My own experience being I was that trainer who felt the pressure to look the part. I got external validation from clients, other members at the gym, my friends, when I started to change my body and maybe train for more aesthetic based goals and have that look that like I was always the fit friend or, you know, you have that body style that attracts clients. So at first you're like, awesome. Your, your body, body is, is your resume. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, absolutely. My body's my business card. And I thought that was, you know, the best thing in the world. And that was just really unsustainable. Um, I was under fueling, overtraining, all the things. And honestly, it stopped being fun. Movement stopped mm. being fun. Training stopped being fun. It was just something that I was now doing for my job. Um, right. And that's really when I was like, there has to be a different way. There has to be a way where I can still move my body because that's something that I love doing. And when I stopped loving it, that was kind of my wake up call. Like, oh my gosh, I need to make a change because this is something that I've loved so much in the past. And now I'm at a point where just the thought of it is like, absolutely not going to happen. Yeah. You like lost the drive and it became more about yeah. like the body it built you kind of thing. Yes. Um, and, and for, for people listening, like that is super common in the personal training world where like, because your body is your resume, you constantly feel like you need to be training and looking a certain way. And if you don't, you're kind of like failing or you're not really like, it's just not, you're not really living the true trainer lifestyle. Um, and that body is just hard to maintain. Cause like, I, I think I was in like a similar boat where like at one point, like I was, you know, um, the typical look had abs, the whole thing. Um, and that look 
just becomes as you get older, harder and harder to maintain. And then, then you get told that like, oh, you like fell off or like you like lost your motivation or right. all that. So like what, what you're sharing is super common behind the scenes in the personal training world. I think it's also why like Photoshop is so common uh, because it's like, if your body is your resume, then you have to kind of look a certain way. And if you don't, then, you know, because um, for people listening, like imagine you're, you gained 10 pounds and you like lost money. Right. Like that's like, like that's the personal trainer world that like it's, it financially affects you for people who aren't in the weight neutral space. And so there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way. Um, so I, I, and I think your story makes a lot of sense where a lot of people don't start in the weight neutral world. They like kind of ease into it over time. Or well, let me actually, let me ask you, cause for me, it was like a gradual move where like, I didn't really start here. I was kind of like weight loss, then weight loss and strength, then like mostly strength with like a side of weight loss. And then eventually kind of the, here's where I am now. Um, for you, was it like a, a, a switch or for you, was it, you know, gradual over time? It was definitely gradual. I feel like I started like you did just in weight loss because that's how you get clients. Like that's how you build your base. Um, it's also super easy to market yourself when you're like, yeah, I'll help you lose weight. Um, and then I did that switch like, okay, maybe we'll just focus more on strength, but we'll do our weigh-ins like less frequently. Like there'll mm -hmm. still be that weight component, but it's not going to be our main focus and slowly it just kind of shifted out of the focus in general and is now not even a thing, but it was definitely gradual because I had to figure out, okay, if I'm not talking about weight, if I'm not focused on aesthetics, what am I talking about or helping my clients achieve? And I had to go through that on my own and really have that personal experience. Um, so I kind of used myself as a guinea pig to test out like, what does it feel like when I'm not focusing just on weight and aesthetics and, you know, losing a certain amount of pounds, being a number, you know, a certain number on the scale, things like that. Yeah. That I think, I think that's fair. I think that's like a really good point is like when you, cause I, I, people not online, I've like told them like, Oh, I'm a trainer. And then they'll like ask me weight loss questions almost immediately. And then I kind of be like, oh, like, I don't really do weight loss. It's like not really my focus, you know, try to be polite about it. And then sometimes I get the response. It's like, wait, what do you do then? Yes. Like, what's the like, what's your job? Like, and I think like, I've, I always think that's pretty funny and just like kind of shows the kind of bubble that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think it's a good question, though. It's like, so if, if you don't focus on weight loss, like, what does that look like? Like, what should we focus on now? Yeah. And I get the same thing in both like the fitness and the nutrition world. When I say I'm a non-diet dietitian and a weight neutral personal trainer, they're like, well, like, what do you do for work? What's left? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and at first that kind of like hits you, like when you're still in that transition, like, okay, I want to be doing this, but I'm not maybe fully confident in it. Um, mm -hmm that can kind of like rub you the wrong way. And then you get so confident in your approach and like the why behind what you're doing that you're like, oh, and you can just rattle off all these things. Um, I would say my top four. So if we're not gonna focus on weight, what do we focus on? There are so many things, but my top four is strength, speed, feeling, and fun. So okay. can we lift heavier? Can we move faster? How do we feel? And are we having fun? Those are the things that I right off the bat will tell clients, tell people, and that at least gives them something to kind of 
marinate with. Um, yeah. And then obviously there's so many other things. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are like a big four as well. I would say on my end, I do more of the strength feelings and fun aspect of it. Cause I, I think as like, as training goes on, um, and I keep training people. I think the one thing I've noticed is that if you don't enjoy the process, you're probably not going to stick with it. Like almost no matter how important it is. I think like I'll use, you know, this is the reason why I like don't run is not because I don't like see its value is because I, I just hate running. I don't enjoy, I don't get that runner's high that people always talk about. Right. And so for me, it's just like, it's a terrible time. And I'd rather go hiking or walks or like do other things for cardio. Um, so I, I, I totally agree with you that I think I, I like those four points. I think, cause I think it's important to have something to train towards. Um, I think I've seen this too often in our space where they talk a lot about like not training for weight loss and they explain kind of why, but then they don't replace it with like a new thing. And then, so you hear stories of people who train five, six days a week cause they hated themselves basically. And then they found the weight neutral space and then they don't train for that goal anymore, but now they don't train. So I think like, I, I appreciate you having like things to work towards instead because you still need a reason to go to the gym. I think that's like the, you, why are we going to put this effort in? Um, let's talk about like movement for fun for yeah. a second here. My favorite like thing. <laughs> how do you, yeah, yeah. You just, you can follow her page. Um, you can see she's all about it. Um, how do we find, the exercise that brings us joy. Let's say we're new to exercise in general. We don't really know what's going to resonate with us. Like, do you have a process on how to find that right exercise for you? Yeah, I, there's two things that I kind of rely on when a client's in that space and they're saying, I don't know what's fun. I don't know what type of movement brings a smile to my face. Um, the first one is you have to try. You have to go out and you have to try all these different things. Get outside your comfort zone. Try something that you've never done before. Or maybe try something that when you were focusing on weight and aesthetics, maybe it wasn't fun then. But now if you take that pressure away, maybe it's fun now. So mm. you have to just test these things out. And if someone is stumped, I say, what did you like to do when you were a child? Right. Were you yeah, well, well, a soccer player, a gymnast? Did you like to climb things? Like what can we pull from childhood that was super fun and now translate it to movement today? Mm, okay. That's, I think that's a really good one. Kind of like before you started focusing for exercise for weight loss, like what was the thing that you just liked doing? I think that's like a really, yeah, I didn't think about that one actually. That one's pretty good. Um, and you know, just try it as an adult. I think that's, really, really good. I think one question I want to ask is how objective do you think people's goals should be in terms of like, cause weight loss is like a pretty objective goal. Right. Um, and I'm of the mind that I want to make goals like as objective as makes sense for some people that goal is still going to be pretty subjective, but I've just noticed that if the people who want to work on like their first 200 pound deadlift, seem to be able to stick with training better than I want to come here for health, which is like a little bit more subjective than like what is actually healthy. Um, you don't have to agree with me. I'm just curious on your opinion. Like, do you think an objective goal makes more sense or do you think it should be like more broad? I think it depends on where you're at in your relationship with movement. Um, if you're just starting out and moving your body for fun is your goal, 
then we can have a little bit more of a loose goal. Like maybe it's trying something new once a week. Like that can be relatively your goal. But as we find those things, like you and I both love strength training. Mm-hmm. We it makes more sense for us to have that very specific goal of a specific weight on our deadlift, you know, a specific number of unassisted pull-ups, like whatever it might be, because we love to move our bodies in that way. And that helps us really have something to do when we get to the gym. And yeah. when we have clients who have found that thing or things, multiple things, then mm-hmm. I think it's easier to make a goal that is a little bit more object- objective without it ruining their relationship with movement. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think, okay. So there's kind of like a fine line there where like you want a goal, but the goal doesn't like define everything where you almost like a flexible objective goal. Is that yeah. kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. If that goal is going to make you fall back into that routine of being super strict and rigid around movement and having a plan that you feel like you can't deviate from, then that goal was maybe a little bit too much too soon. But if mm. you can have that goal, have that flexibility around that goal, where if you don't make it to like a gym session or you have to skip a class because something comes up, you don't feel that guilt. And then how am I going to make up for this? We don't go through that spiral. Um, So it really depends on where you're at in that stepping stone process. Um, And also what your past history with movement looks like. Are you someone who has a very all or nothing approach or has in the past and easily gets pulled back into that? Or are you someone who can just like flip that switch and be like, okay, new goal. Here I am. Let's do it. Okay. That makes sense. So it really kind of depends on the person. Um, Question I have for you actually, because you, because you work with people in person and online, does your online include training and nutrition or is it nutrition only? My online is nutrition only right now. Um, I've dabbled or like, you know, thought about it. I just don't know exactly what I would want that to look like. So I've left my training to be in person only. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Don't want to promote anything that you're not actually promoting. Um, maybe soon. <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah. Um, for you, if someone wants to focus on both in the long run, do you think they should focus on nutrition first, training first? Can they do both at the same time? Or is that, you know, how do you feel about which route they should take first? Uh, I feel like this is another, like, it depends. If you need to take those baby steps, which so many people do, and that's totally fine. But if you need to take those baby steps and only focus on one or the other, Mm -hmm. then by all means, it doesn't really matter where you start, whatever you're feeling drawn to. If you feel drawn to work on your relationship with food and how you view food and how you fuel around your workouts, you can start there. Or if movement is speaking to you, Again, you can start there. You can also do both. Like, I'm not saying you have to pick or choose. You can do both, but then we're kind of rewriting and going through two different sets of rules, beliefs. We're kind of digging into two different areas. So if you are ready to handle all of that, like then by all means, Um, it just depends on the person. It depends on their history, where they're at with movement, where they're at with food. so that's a, you know, classic, it depends answer. Sure. Yeah. Classic, it depends answer. 
what would you, is there any guidance you have on like, if someone isn't sure, like maybe they were focusing on nutrition and training all at once and now they're coming to the weight neutral approach. Yeah. Like how, how can a person tell if they should do one or the other? Like, mm -hmm. is there any signs or any like, you know what, like maybe this person should focus on one versus like focusing on both? I would say during your average day or week, what brings up the most stuff? So if you're having a lot of feelings, maybe it's feelings of guilt, maybe it's stress, anxiety, whatever it is. If you're having a lot of feelings around one versus the other, then I would say, let's start there. Okay. Let's, you know, tackle this big one. If you're having a lot of feelings and that is so intimidating and we can't even get there, then we'll start with the other. Um, but you have to be really honest with yourself and kind of say, which one of these feels more manageable? And do I want to start with the one that is giving me the most resistance? Or do I want to start with something that might seem a little bit more manageable at the time? Okay. Okay. I think that's like a good general guide to work on towards. Now on your page, you seem, I, I would describe it as like anti-tracking. Is that like safe to say? Like, yeah. yeah. Is that, I, I, I'm curious as to like the extent of what that is. Cause if you go on your page, like are, when you say tracking, do you mean tracking calories in every aspect? Is there like a line that you would draw where you would say like, you know what, like these people can track, but this person can't, or, mm -hmm. or do you just think like tracking in general to just be removed from everybody? I really, really believe that tracking is not necessary. Um, only because out of all the clients I've had, I've never had one who, when they are tracking day after day after day says like, oh yeah, I, you feel totally normal around food and I'm comfortable in these decisions. And I, I don't put all of my worth into these numbers. Um, once people have stopped tracking for a while, I've gotten clients who are very data focused and they love that data. So they might track not to like check themselves, but just because they're curious, like, Hmm, I wonder how much protein I'm getting, or I wonder what this is, especially if they've had like lab values done. Mm -hmm. And I say, if you want to do that and use it as data and not let it completely overwhelm you and kind of control what you're going to eat, how much you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, then it's okay. Most people can eat a well-balanced diet, um, you know, even hit goals if they're looking at increasing protein consumption for training, or maybe it's an increased carb consumption for, you know, endurance athletes, things like that. Most of the time we can get that done without having to track day after day after day. Okay. So, but okay. So I hear you on that, but it's not, so it sounds like most people shouldn't track, but it sounds like there are, do you believe that certain people can have the right mindset towards tracking? Oh yeah. I like that, like, can. so you can kind of grow into it, but it just might not apply to a lot of people. Is kind of what you're saying. I think once your mindset has shifted around the why behind, um, the actual tracking process, then mm. yeah, I say there, there could definitely be people who could keep their mindset, still be, you know, consuming food and moving their body for a reason that is, you know, aligns with their personal why. But usually when they get to that point, the 
the thrill of tracking is no longer there. And they're like, nah, I don't really need to do this. Like, right. Why would I do this? So when they get to that point where I feel like it would be an, an okay thing for them to do if they wanted to, the, the need or that want is just not there anymore. Gotcha. Do you think there's, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you think that there's, um, a way to track that is weight neutral? Cause I think like when most people track, right. That it's like usually a weight loss slash like body composition goal, right? Yeah. Like you're trying to get a certain amount of protein or you're trying to lose a certain amount of pounds per week or whatever it might be. Um, can you be weight neutral and still track? Or do you find that those are like, they don't really complement each other? I'm going to say like, yes and no, because yeah, you could be weight neutral and maybe you're someone who's very data driven and you're just interested. Um, you could also track for different reasons. So maybe you like to track how you feel, how that, how that food helped you perform or recover. And now you're tracking what you're eating. You're not maybe tracking like calories per se down to the micronutrients, but you would make, be making a log of like, I had a bagel with cream cheese and this and this and this, and I performed really well. And I felt like I had energy and I needed that extra fuel at, you know, this time in my workout instead of this time that you could track, but our tracking then looks different. So I feel mm -hmm. like you could do it. It's just going to be the focus of why we're tracking and what we're tracking is going to be different than if you are only focused on, you know, lowering your body fat or, you know, hitting an aesthetic base goal, things like right. that. Right. Okay. So like you, you could track, but like it might even look similar, but it's not, but the kind of like the motives behind tracking would be very different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I know a lot of people laugh at, and we'll probably laugh at how many times I say, oh, it depends, it depends, it depends. Mm -hmm. um, but it really is individualized for every single person. Their lived experience, their goals, everything kind of plays into it. Um, and I'm not here to say like, oh my gosh, you cannot be weight neutral and track. Like if it fits and you, if it brings you joy and you like doing it and it aligns with your why, Sure. Would I recommend it? No, but it can happen. And I think we can't be too all or nothing. That's a very sure. like all or nothing. We're saying, you know, if you're weight neutral, we don't track, we don't do XX, you know, all these things where in reality, there's that gray space, there's that in between, and it can be individualized as long as it feels good to you. And it aligns with the reason that you're doing all of this. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to like challenge that a little bit because like definitely on your page, it definitely is like pretty anti-tracking, but I'm guessing like with the people that you work with, that probably makes the most sense for like people who come for your help and like what they're looking for. And I think I would agree that like most people who like the weight neutral approach probably shouldn't track uh, maybe one day, but I think like the, especially if you're new to the space that tracking might've been part of the problem in the first place. And so like not having tracking as part of the process probably helps a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What for the last question I have for you, and then like, I would love to talk about like where people can find you and like your services and stuff like that. What is like the number one piece of advice you'd give someone who's like, they're new to training. They want to get into some kind of exercise routine. Maybe they want to like 
be healthier with their food, which I know is subjective, but like, what's like the number one tip you would give them to kind of get that started? Start slow. I okay. feel like, <laughs> I feel like when one starting something new is hard, regardless of what you're starting, we creatures of habit, we don't like change. Like it's just so normal, but I would say start slow because it's very normal. Say you want to like start a new fitness routine. You're going to like Google, okay, 30 day challenge or a six week quick start, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to complete like 180 your entire routine. And long-term it's not sustainable. You might do it for the full 30 days. You might not, you might not be able to even do it for 30 days because it's so different than what you're currently doing. So we have to start slow. We have to pick, you know, maybe we're adding one thing in maybe. And I love to focus on what are we adding? We're not focusing on how many things we're taking away. It's what are we adding? Can we add, you know, more water? Can we add more movement? Can we add more fruits and veggies? Whatever it is, how, what can we add to our routine that we're already doing? And then once be, that becomes part of our routine, What's the next thing we can add? And thinking of this, especially if you're looking at it from a very weight neutral approach, which usually then you're looking at sustainable long-term habits, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not how many things can I change in this short period of time. It's what can I do and what can I add that's going to still allow me to hit all the goals that I have, but do it in a mm. way that feels really good and kind of just blends into the life that I'm already living. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Like, what are you going to add into your life that realistically makes sense for your life? I think that's good. And adding over subtracting. I think that's a really good piece of advice because I think um, like saying no to the cookies is usually harder than like saying yes to the apple. Like it's kind of the, so no, I really like that. Where can, oh, let's do your online services. Cause I guess like the chances of someone living in the same city as you for training is probably right. unlikely, but yeah, right. let's, um, let's talk about like your online services. Like one, what are your socials? Where can people find you? And like, what do you offer if people are looking for nutrition help? Yeah. So I'm thoughtfully fueled on everything. Um, most active on Instagram. I also have my own podcast, which is the fully fueled life podcast. Uh, links for all of that can be found on my Instagram. As of right now, I'm only accepting one-on-one -on -one clients um, for the foreseeable future. So that would mean that you and I get to work together one-on-one -on -one to really um, redefine what movement food and body image is going to look like for you moving forward. Um, so like we said in the intro, I am an intuitive eating dietitian. I use that framework to help create a life where we are not dieting, we're not restricting, we're not counting calories or macros. We are truly listening to our hunger and fullness cues. We're adding in movement that makes us feel good and we feel really confident in our skin. Um, so if you're interested in my one-on-one -on -one services, the easiest place to go is to my website. There is a contact form that you can fill out and also a little video that gets you a little bit more information about me and what to expect. But you can fill out that contact form and then I would be in touch with you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we'll share all, all of those as well. I was on our podcast. We had a great conversation yes. then. Really enjoyed that. Um, I'll probably share that down below so that people can find the podcast episode with us in it. But yeah, thanks for sharing your expertise. Uh, it was a great conversation. And um, yeah, no, I just uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks. That was so fun, Mark. Awesome. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Badass Lifter podcast.